0: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you lost a survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost.
1: Welcome to another special edition of Why Blank Lost as we discuss episode six of Survivor Cook Islands and the double tribal council that led to votes against Cowboy and Christina. I'm David Bloomberg and with me as always in this RHAP off-season journey through time is my co-host Jessica Lewis.
2: Hello again everyone. Thank you for coming back and going to this journey of time with us. It was quite um quite an adventure I think. Cook Islands is rather awesome I must say. I was yeah. very much enjoying rewatching the episodes. Wonderful cast, like great characters, really really fun watch. So that was that was a good Jaunt down memory lane.
1: Yeah, I do wish that um, uh, Rob and Josh had not picked a double tribal council episode. They clearly yeah. were not thinking about the impact it would have on, on us. us. <laughs> right. I mean, I think you got to loop us yeah. in there, guys. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, uh, I but- I don't blame them because, I mean, cowboy, come on. I, right. Really? I right. mean, that's that's just gold right there as far as the yes. wiggle room is concerned. But yes, for individuals such as ourselves, there's a little bit more to it when it's a double episode, for sure. Now,
1: um, speaking of Cowboy, I took some uh, inspiration from him, and I now have a guest. Um, Let's see, where can I There he is. There there we go. Um, I, I, I believe that from now on, I should always bring the child with us uh, to podcast because Yoda is the Jedi God of the force and he Mm, came to me in the form of the child just (gasps) like the ocean god of fertility Atangaroa, came to cowboy in the form of the immunity item
2: well there you go maybe now we'll have an even better podcast because of little baby Yoda
1: yes so he's just going (laughs) to stay right there Um, looking over my shoulder the entire time. Uh, let's see here. We can, uh, yeah,
2: I think there. that's good. I like uh, it. He's, the he's buff hanging mind. on his head. Yeah. Uh, that looks good though. It's a good look for him. Um, <laughs> now I won't take a position either way because it doesn't negatively affect me that you want to bring baby Yoda to the podcast. So uh-huh. we'll be okay with that.
1: Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> now, uh, when Rob and Josh mentioned that we'd be covering this episode, um, I didn't have much memory of it. For example, I didn't remember there were two tribal councils. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, I did enjoy reliving the first six episodes of Cowboy over again, like you mentioned. Christina's journey was perhaps not as much fun to relive mm-hmm. at times. Um, mm-hmm. So, but you know, Cowboy's the character that he is. And so I, I think. I think we'll find that we have a lot more to talk about with him than with her, unfortunately.
2: Yes. And I will I will say this before we delve into it. I've actually oh, yeah. met Christina quite a few times and hung oh, out wow, with her. Yes. And she is an incredible Wonder Woman. I will just throw okay. that out there. Because when okay. we go to Hearts of Reality and we mm-hmm. get to dress up as characters for the children, she has an amazing Wonder Woman costume oh. that she that she rocks and it's incredible. So she is a wonderful, wonderful person. So when I got to put that all together, I was like, wait, I know her. I've met her. We've hung out. So that was that was also an additional bonus by watching this, knowing that I've actually spoken to her and I know who she is personally. So that was nice.
1: Well, next time you see her, hopefully she won't hold this podcast against you. Um, she shouldn't. Well, you don't know that yet. Um <laughs>
2: That's true. Oh, now, I've heard some feelings.
1: Yeah. Now, you've, you've, uh, you've met Christina. Um, I talked to both of them. I interviewed both of them after the show. Mm. And I had not remembered that when I interviewed Cowboy, I found out that while he didn't have a TV, he had been reading my website. And uh, so when we got on, he told me I have a sharp tongue. Nice. Yeah, no, no disagreement there. And then he asked if I wanted to know why he wore a star of David. Uh, I told him that that was indeed going to be one of my interview questions. And he said, I have extended family who are Jewish and I don't look at a star of David as a symbol of religion, but as a blessing I received from the people. To me, it's a symbol of being blessed. I'm really proud of it. It's very beautiful. So if anyone oh, was yeah. wondering, now, you know, you have your answer.
2: Well, excellent. And you, so one answer regarding the many questions that surround oh, Cowboy yes, has been questions. solved.
1: <laughs>
2: many questions, many questions
1: um, now. But of course, you know, this podcast for anyone who might be new uh, is not just about answering questions about uh, what Cowboy is wearing or uh, who we may have met. Uh, you know, it, True. Each each week during the off season, we pretty much do what we do during a normal season. We watch the show. We take in all the available information. Uh, this week, we once again have interviews and uh, articles to look back at, as I just referenced in my interview with Cowboy. Uh, we take all this information compared to the rules I originally wrote way back after season one and have been modifying ever since. Uh, you can check out the most recent version of the rules at robhasawebsite.com slash blog slash survivor rules, or you can get the shorter and much more colorful version of the rules in poster form at tinyurl slash davidrulesposter two.
2: Mm-hmm. See right back here. There we go. I Found can see, it. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> here it is. So you should definitely order it. It's only twenty dollars. Eleven by seventeen frame. If you want to frame it, as you can see, it looks fabulous in a frame. And uh, if you live outside of the United States, DM me through Twitter. My Twitter handle is here as well. See right here. Look at that. Wow. I know I'm getting this down. Only
1: taking you six weeks to
2: (laughs) figure out the backwards stuff. And I can certainly have so I'd still confuse me, Um, but I can certainly get that to you. So just let me know. Postage will be a little bit more expensive, but we can make it work.
1: Yes. Um, Maybe we should have had Baby Yoda on the poster. You know, it uh, did.
2: Mm, No, no, no. I'm that's where Um. I put my foot down.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, in addition to the poster, we also have another way to get the rules so that you can always have them with you, and that is T-shirt form. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go to website dot com or Robhasapodcast.com dot com and click the merch link near the top. Uh, sort the store so that new items are first, and the shirts will be right there. We have both men's and women's T-shirts available.
2: Wonderful deal! Poster mm-hmm. T-shirt can't go wrong.
1: That's right. Now, before we get to the rules. I wanted to mention that as I rewatched the first six episodes of the season, it was funny to hear Jeff Probst explain the hidden immunity idol and how it worked over and over again. Mm -hmm. But he needed to, because it was such a new concept. Yes. And even then, it didn't work the way it does now because it could be played after the votes were read. Right. Yeah.
2: Crazy. I was, I had forgotten that that was the initial introduction mm-hmm. of the idol that you could use it afterwards. And that is fascinating because it's so much more difficult than to burn an idol. Right. Because you wouldn't, because right. you'd be like, Oh, I don't need to play it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and it could be used all the way up to final
2: four. Mhm. Yep, that too. Uh
1: so it was just so much more powerful and it's clear that you know the producers realized that and yeah, they had to change it right away.
2: Mhm. Yeah. But so. definitely an interesting twist and change because it has obviously Survivor has evolved as the game moves forward, mm-hmm. but it's it's crazy because I had completely forgotten that that was the initial introduction and that was how it was to be played.
1: Right. So, all right, did you have anything else to talk about before we head to the rules?
2: Uh, I just would like to revisit the challenges again because the physical challenges were awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised nobody broke a limb, uh, mm-hmm. but I do miss that component of survivor. I understand as, you know, just kind of thinking liability, <laughs> like someone's going to break a leg or something that could be a huge concern, but what an incredible challenge to watch. It was so much fun and it just, the challenges were, I think, much more physically demanding and oh, no. really great fun to watch.
1: Now, would you have wanted that on your season? Would you have wanted to be holding on to a pole while Figgy and Hannah tried to drag you
2: off? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm taking them down for sure. <laughs> I, listen, I we fought in the water with the ring and I mm-hmm. ended up with bruises all over my arm and that was just fighting in the water. I would love to have had an opportunity to fight on land. And like it's just... It, how many times you get to do something like that, right? So Mm -hmm. I would have loved it. I would have loved it. Mm -hmm.
1: I did like uh, Christina, you know, when, uh, uh, who was choking her? Someone was choking her.
2: Oh, uh, Flicka. (laughs)
1: yes Flicka was choking her and she was like stop choking me stop choking me and then she was like F it and just <laughs> you know it's like well if you're going to do it to me I'm going to do it to you and pull your
0: hair and she did actually, do everything
2: yeah she talks about that in one of her exit interviews right. that Jeff was limiting what they can and can't do mm-hmm. they couldn't do certain chokeholds and couldn't do this that and other thing and then finally she that was her response right. was you know what okay. I'm doing it she's yeah. doing it I'm doing it right. yeah exactly great great fun
1: all right. As we head to the rules, uh, we'll see that Cowboy had some thoughts about the hidden immunity idol. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, as well as the tribal immunity idol. Um, how did those play into what his tribe mates thought of him? Did he trust the wrong people or cause them to lose trust in him? And how did Christ- Christina end up in her own bad position in the tribe? It seemed obvious that she was doomed this time. But was there anything more she could have done to change the outcome? It's time to figure out why Cowboy and Christina lost. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first and most important rule is to scheme and plot. But that wasn't the most important rule for either of the two people we're discussing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cowboy told me when I interviewed him, people looked at it as a game. I looked at it as adventure. Uh, He further told me I really didn't have a strategy. I like to leave myself open to deal with whatever comes in martial arts. If you expect people to punch you, they kick you. So you stay wide open. At first I thought I could go under the radar and keep my mouth shut. Now, when I was doing the interview, I actually put in a little, uh, a little thing here that says at this point, the interviewer had to stifle a bit of a laugh. Um, <laughs>
2: That's amazing. Really? really cowboy yeah. thought
1: he could keep his mouth shut.
2: Anyway. Mm, and I he, know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: He continued. But once you get in the game, it's very exciting. There are things that have to be done. Um, unfortunately, strategizing well was not really among the list of things that had to be done for him. He even yeah. said in episode three, I don't like the scheming of man. And he talked about Jonathan and Yule and Becky uh, said about them. They're playing bad, which I don't think he meant they're playing poorly. I think he meant like evil. They're playing bad.
2: Yeah, I do think that there was a lot of outside influences from his own existence that he was bringing into the game and thinking that it would somehow allow him to play this game the way that he plays or lives his life. And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you couldn't put those two together because some of his approaches to various topics and various things was a little out there. And Mm -hmm. when you're when you're playing a game with people like this, like Survivor, there are certain components of yourself. And we've talked about this a lot that you just have to tuck away sometimes because it's not going to work. And unfortunately, Cowboy wasn't willing to do that even when he was told to do that. So his strategizing had nothing to do with the game. It felt more like it had everything to do with his personal beliefs and his life. And he thought that he could integrate it into the game.
1: Yeah. Now, I, I it's not to say he wasn't scheming and plotting at all. And I'll get to that in a minute. But I do want mm-hmm. to also bring up Christina here because she was similar. I asked her about her strategy and she said, I didn't really feel like I had a strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but for her, it was for a different reason. She said, being a police officer, I have to be a role model. And there is life after the game. Little kids are going to be watching. If I can win the game that way with integrity, then I win. If I can't, I still have to deal with my job and people. So I didn't really have a strategy. Now, you know, with both of them, it's up to each player if they, you know, how they want to look at right. the game of survivor. But as we've said many times, the rules and this podcast are all about winning the game. It is a game. Mm-hmm. The goal is to win it. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're going to judge them. And right off the bat here, the ruling at this point does not look favorable for them.
2: Right. I mean, when Christina said, out loud in like every interview that she was um, Mm -hmm. a part of that she walked into it not having a strategy that's clearly showed with the way that she did play and also i think the fact that she wasn't an avid survivor fan before she was asked to be on the show because it was one of those she met the right person and they asked Mm -hmm. her if she'd be interested she had seen it but she didn't really delve into it and watch it as much as I think she would have liked to upon reflection. So I think both of those things for her affected her ability to strategize because she wasn't as familiar with the game as she might have wanted to be going into it.
1: Right. And Cowboy was similar. He had seen like two episodes of the first season Mm. And then he read an article about it when he was in a hostel somewhere. It was an article about um, Survivor and Mark Burnett, and he was—I think it was like even Adventure Magazine or something. So he—that's why. He, oh, it's an adventure. Now, uh, so yeah, he like I said earlier, he didn't even have a TV. Um, mm-hmm. So now, like I said before, it's—they were scheming and plotting a little. Well, okay. Cowboy was scheming and plotting a little bit. Christina barely was um, in Cowboy's day after video on Survivor Insider. Uh, once again, recapped for reality news online by Teowin Woodruff. Uh, so I thank her for who knew, you know, all those years ago that I'd still be using that article now. Right. Um, he said he didn't wait too long to make alliances and actually united people early. And there was indeed an additional scene in the retrospective episode that aired the week after this one. So this was when they still did clip episodes. Mm. And it was the week after this one. And it we saw Cowboy on day three trying to create a bond with Yule and suggesting that at the merge, they should keep an eye out to help each other. But going back to his day after video, he said he made a mistake. He didn't just need good people he needed people to will, willing to lay it on the line and put their necks out for each other he needed honorable people willing to die for each other and stick together no matter what now this as we know is a common trope in survivor among people who don't really understand the game aspect yeah other you know other players should not be willing to stick together no matter what and to end their own game life for you they need to do what's best for them in the mm-hmm. game
2: but i do think that it's that speaks to his relationship that he created with flicka because there was a bond there and they they were talking game with each other and trying to determine what would be the best path for them to take in the game and who they should really align with so there was some strategizing being done between at least flicka and cowboy but i do think that their strategizing wasn't always necessarily thinking long term like they needed to. And it was kind of almost a a gut reaction, like, well, what should I do right now? And, and how do we feel about it right now? As opposed to really thinking long term, which I think Yule was really trying to get Cowboy to understand that this is a long term game and you really do need to be thinking about that. And I, I don't see that Cowboy was doing that in a similar fashion.
1: Right. He was, he was like doing it haphazardly. You know, mm-hmm. he, he pushed them to vote out Becky in episode three, but Yule convinced him to flip. And then, you know, as all this kept happening, Yule said, it's hard to be in a strategic alliance with them and them being cowboy, Flicka and Ozzy. Right. Uh, because you have no idea what's going to happen on a day to day basis
2: hmm. Yes. And, and I, th- I think that yeah. we saw a lot of that as the episodes progressed, because there and I know we're going to get to it, so I won't jump ahead as to why there was some problems there. But I do think that the bond that he created with Flicka was good, but it's also problematic because they both played so similarly.
1: Right. Yeah. And and that was also a problem with Plan Voodoo. Mm. And so because. So we're going to break the normal order a little bit here and loop our discussion of Rule 7 into Rule 1 here because they go hand in hand for Cowboy in this situation, though there's really nothing in Rule 7 that applies to Christina. So sorry, Christina. (laughs) Uh, But Rule 7, of course, covers idols and Cowboy's main contribution in terms of strategy dealt with how to handle the immunity idol that he believed someone in his tribe had. Uh, he used this dream that he had uh, to figure out how to flush the hidden immunity idol by having three people vote one way and three another. And honestly, it's a great idea. It, it's it, fantastic. I
2: mean,
0: it, it really
1: is. You know, it may well have been the first time anybody came up with the idea to split the vote mm-hmm. like that.
2: And I have to stop you here for a second because I need to appreciate this moment because when Cowboy started this discussion Mm -hmm. with Yule, it was kind of head scratching because he's talking about this dream and credit card statements and all of these other like crazy things that were happening. And then all of a sudden it just came full circle to Mm -hmm. three and three. And you were like, wait, what? What just happened? Like it was like this weird mind trick that even Yule was kind of looking at him like, What where is he going with this? What is he telling me? And to have someone like Yule not have figured this out who we all know how incredibly smart Yule is and the wonderful things he's done mm-hmm. with his existence. You have, I believe it was Becky was another attorney that was working with them. Um, And no one had really kind of done the math on this. And then to see cowboy come up with it because of this dream, it just makes it that much better because it, it, it came from a dream. It wasn't just cowboy doing the calculations. There was this incredible backstory to it. And it came to him in a dream I loved yeah.
1: that <laughs> yeah I mean I wouldn't expect you all to come up with it because why would he want to flush the idol because he oh for
2: sure right yeah.
1: um but that was the problem I mean like I said great idea the problem was he told it to the guy who has the immunity idol
2: but he didn't know that
1: I know but he never considered it he was just right. like oh there's only been three people and mm-hmm. obviously you don't have it so it must be one of the other two and it's just yeah. You know, no, you can't say obviously you don't have it, mm-hmm. um, you know, but but then on top of it, who were the two people he was targeting? Jonathan and Candace. You always allied with Jonathan and Candace.
2: I know, you know,
1: Cowboy was just so strategically disconnected that he didn't see these two issues at all
2: hmm. Well, and I think that that goes back to the way that we watched his thinking kind of unfold. I mean, this came from a dream, mm-hmm. right? So we just start there and then to have him apply it to the situation. If he's not looking at things from a strategic standpoint and more just a number standpoint, then again, he's not playing the game in the manner in which he needs to play. And he's only got Flicka. So he's not even considering that part of it either that i've got flicka i need these other people but now mm-hmm. i want to cause this divide and i want to cause this split so kudos to him for figuring out that that's what they need to do to flush an idol but also problematic because he didn't think anything else in as far as the ramifications of it or that there's a possibility that yule has it and all of these other problems that we saw develop and the plan never ended up coming to fruition because of those things.
1: Right. Yeah. And the other part was besides that, he didn't realize the strategic situation that was going on. He also didn't understand how scheming worked. Mm. You know, after he presented plan voodoo to various people, he thought everyone was on his side. He was done. It was set. (laughs)
2: They were napping. Uh, he and yeah. Flicka. Uh, know, Don't the, worry about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he and that. Uh, he and Flicka were out on the, uh, out on the raft, just sitting there. And so this is how I put it in my recap at the time. Cowboy tells Jessica, I still called her Jessica. Mm. Um, they're all on board, but Jessica wonders why the others are all in the shelter talking. He assures her they're fine. Uh oh. That's a warning bell. If ever I heard one. Now here's, so here's another warning bell. Cowboy says, I have the utmost faith in them. At that point in my recap, I said, oh, he is so being voted out.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, So even in real time viewing, as I was recapping, this was the way I used to recap was essentially live tweeting.
2: That's crazy. I
1: wrote the recap as it was happening on screen. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so even as I was doing that, I saw what was happening. The two of them just kept lying there on the raft, making no effort to do a check in or anything else. And it was a, f- a fatal error,
2: right? No. And I do think that it was interesting just having, you know, watching him have that discussion and he actually, that's the word he used. They're just having a discussion, right. <laughs> like no consideration as to what are they discussing? And maybe they're discussing the game that we're all playing together, but mm-hmm. very dismissive. Don't worry about it. Everything is fine. And unfortunately, you know, he's playing with Flicka, who is of that same mindset and not good strategically, and so she's willing to kind of follow along with this idea that he's got it all figured out. Unfortunately for both of them, they didn't, and Cowboy (laughs) suffered because of it.
1: Yeah. Now, as for Christina, I had said earlier she just didn't do much scheming. Um, and, And in addition to what I mentioned that she told me earlier, she also said later in the interview, I'm very proud of being a police officer and wanted to come in being a role model and being honest and having morals and values. As I said in my original Why Christina Lost article, in other words, she did not come into the game with the plan of playing it like most winning players do. She wanted to win and be honest, a feat that is virtually impossible.
2: And that's true. Yeah. I do think, though, in her defense, though, as well, is that this is still kind of early on I mean, we are 13 seasons in. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and and for someone who hasn't been watching the game, there is this idea that I think, you know, someone like Ozzy even talked a lot about it. And I know oh, yeah. I know I, you know, that they they want this idea that they can win and be the nice guy at the end. And so I don't I don't discount that idea, but it is incredibly difficult to pull off almost impossible in a game like Survivor.
1: Yeah. So I do discount that idea because <laughs> I mean, this is what I just quoted was from my from my article at the time.
2: No, you know, I know. we were
1: already out there for anyone to find. I know. Um, well, Christina you know,
2: didn't, apparently. Yes,
1: right. Uh, I also did, uh, uh, note in that, in why Christina lost that she participated in discussions about who should be voted off, but I think it's safe to say she didn't really scheme and plot as such at all.
2: Yeah. And I, I wanted to just spend a little bit of a moment on that, because I thought it was interesting when she realized that she was probably on the chopping block and how she did approach everyone and mm-hmm. said, hopefully you can give me another chance. Hopefully you'll you'll let me stick around. I'll, I promise you I will work hard. I'll be here for you. So there was a lot of like. She used the term hopefully a lot with like everybody. I'm hoping that you can let me mm-hmm. stick around. I'm, I'm hopeful that you'll let me be included. And there wasn't any. And this too, like I want you to keep me and this is why. And I think we should do yeah. this. She would just kind of stop at the, I'm hoping that you'll just let me stay because I'm going to work hard for you. And. She was done. And so that's that's a missing piece for her as far as her strategizing is you can go to them and say, keep me. But you have to give them an alternative. There needs to be some discussion generated. She wasn't generating any discussion about any other options of who else should be voted out and why.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that was a long rule one uh, with with good reason. It, It was a long rule one for two people who didn't actually scheme and plot. So, uh, you know, we just had to discuss all the ways that they didn't really scheme and plot. <laughs> um, but we get to the second rule, which says not to scheme and plot too much and to keep your scheming secret. Uh, we can quickly dispense with Christina because, well, she wasn't scheming enough. Uh, she certainly didn't do too much of it. Now, while it may initially seem like cowboy fell into the same category, This was actually a concern for a number of his tribe mates. We discussed how Yule said it was difficult to be in an alliance with Cowboy Ozzy, and Flicka because of how they were kind of all over the place strategically. Penner similarly said that Cowboy was a bit of a wild card and later added when voting that he had to take out any wild card that he can. Mm. It, It wasn't that Cowboy was scheming and plotting too much, per se. It was that nobody knew where his scheming and plotting would take him.
2: Right. And I think that this goes back to that idea again, where Mm -hmm. he was playing the game the way he kind of lived life. And it was very it's kind of a natural flow and where things are at at the time and how he feels at the moment. And unfortunately, he also, I think overshared some of his ideas and thoughts with various people he was playing with. And so then there was no secretive anything going on when it came to Cowboy. He was really kind of an open book in that sense, where if you wanted information from him, all you really needed to do is ask and he would probably tell you because that's the natural flow, you know, you share information and you, you talk about things. And unfortunately I think he, Probably did that with the wrong people because someone like Yule, he's sharing information with regarding people that Yule is aligned with, and clearly that's not going to bode well with someone like Yule. But that's the way that Cowboy interacts with people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and in fact, the behavior of Cowboy, Ozzy, and Flicka didn't just worry Yule and Penner because in the fifth episode. Uh, those three went on an expedition to the other island. Oh my gosh. And yeah, and they, they tried to grab several other players to join them. Candace said those three were sticking together and Sundra noted she didn't want to be with them alone because she knew they'd try to prod her on voting and she didn't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So even put aside, really, you went to the other tribe's island, um, and tried to convince them to give you food. Um, but, but putting that aside, it was just the strategic aspect of things that, you know, they were trying to like force their 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 the basically their voting views on people who didn't want anything to do with them
2: right and also bad idea of splitting up like that because it was going to be like hours that they were going to be gone. Oh, so gosh. you're, you're removing yourself from a situation where people are likely going to be scheming and plotting. Mm-hmm. And also you're limiting who you can have those conversations with. And you are no longer in control of the conversations happening back at camp. So. You separate entirely the people that you think you're working in the game with from everybody. And immediately, what did Sandra do? She went right to them and was like, hey, what about me? You know, and and suddenly found herself in a group of five when she initially wasn't really in that group of five. Right. So there's that part of it. And then I also just want to address this because this cracked me up. I don't know if anyone else caught this. I'm sure somebody else did, but they go to this other island, right? And they're, they're going to explore. And immediately when they get on the island, what do they encounter? Do you remember?
1: Um, they, some sort of berry or fruit.
2: Right. And where did they find it? On a path, on a clearly made path, which anyone who's watched Survivor long enough knows that if there are clearly made paths. There must be a reason why there's paths. Oh, there must be another tribe here. Like, Oh, I, I was, see what you're saying. Yeah. I was, I was yeah. like, wait, why are there paths? Like, if this is just some random island that they happened upon, mm-hmm. there shouldn't be a path to anything. And there was definitely multiple paths and it led them right to the other tribe. So that just cracked me up. I was like, this is how blissfully unaware these three people were just regarding the circumstance. Like maybe we, maybe we shouldn't be here because there's paths. Did you see this? <laughs> like, yeah. I just thought it was funny.
1: Yeah. That's something I, I think you probably only catch if you've actually been on survivor.
2: Uh, maybe that's what it is. Cause yeah. you know, the paths are, are an important thing to have for sure.
1: Yeah. Now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be right back.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumbacasino. Well there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: We're back, so let's get back to the show. We can move on to the third rule. Um, and it says uh, it, it talks about being flexible. Now, how do you think Cowboy and Christina did with this rule?
2: Well, here's the problem with them and their flexibility is they don't really think that they were locked into anything. So I think they had to be a willingness on each of their parts to be flexible because they weren't really finding themselves in a core group with a core bunch of people making a decision and then having to change it up. Uh, I think Christina was doing a lot of trying to save herself. And by doing that, maybe she was a little more flexible because she was thinking, oh, well, we should vote out, you know, there was JP was a discussion for a while. And she kind of pushed for that because obviously it wasn't her. So she like needed to be more flexible because she was a potential target. Whereas Cowboy, I I don't really know where his decisions were coming from. And so, <laughs> right. so he seemed to be willing to consider certain things, but at the same time, also, what we've already discussed is when he had kind of decided this is what we're doing in Candace Penner and that's it. He clearly wasn't thinking anything but that, you know, voodoo plan that he had in place. So I, I don't really know how to quantify or really determine whether or not they were flexible because of the gameplay that they both put forth.
1: Yeah, the way I saw it, I didn't think either of them was terribly flexible, Um, and it was more behavior than anything. You know, Cowboy Mm. had his thoughts and ideas about not just the game, but, well, reality overall, Uh, and and he wasn't going to change them. As Yule said, he was very hard headed. Uh, Meanwhile, Christina should have realized that her tribe was pretty laid back, which meant she needed to be as well. Most importantly, if the tribe votes out a guy who tended to order people around a lot, it mm. probably isn't the best idea to turn into version 2.0 of him.
2: Yeah, no, that's a really good point.
1: Yeah. Um So now I will I will say, according to Christina, that's not what she was doing. But mm. we'll get to that in a couple of rules.
2: Right. Yes. So I do think that that's that is interesting, too, because as far as Cowboy is concerned, it, your Yoda just made me think of this, you know, that he didn't have a willingness to change his position on bringing the immunity idol to tribal council or to challenges where it was unnecessary, even though it was there was people vocalizing their discontent with him doing so. And he felt it was connected to him and that was it. And so he wasn't willing to yeah. budge on that. So I feel like that's that's a, a very very stellar point that you make regarding their personalities and their inability to be flexible.
1: All right. Well, the fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them. Uh, Starting with cowboy. I think he's sort of like all emotions. Um, (laughs) Yes. We we talked about him having a, a few strategic moments, but almost everything he said and did was wrapped up in his ideas about survivor as an adventure rather than as a game.
2: Mm, yes. And I think that this is what I was alluding to earlier is that he and Flicka both, I think, suffered greatly with their inability to kind of turn their emotions off and just play the game because they seem to be so very connected to their surroundings and their feelings and wanting to take all of that into consideration in whatever it was they were doing. that I think they both I think I mean, I'm talking about Flicka, but Cowboy mm-hmm. absolutely struggled with this for sure.
1: Yeah. Now, Christina, on the other hand, remained pretty calm throughout. Now, Mm -hmm. She, of course, got upset after the tribal council, the prior tribal council, which she was called out as being annoying. But I didn't see a reaction causing her emotions to control her actions. If anything, Mm -hmm. I'd say to the contrary, she attempted to overcome her emotions. And rather than staying mad or at least outwardly mad at her tribe mates, she approached them directly like you had talked about and tried to talk them into giving her another chance. Now, you had mentioned some of the problems with what she did, but she tried, right. uh, you know, it, it might've worked if she had had more time before this vote. Right. Um, but yeah, just yeah, at least she tried.
2: Yes. And she did keep it in check because if someone is openly calling you annoying, mm-hmm. it, it must be a difficult thing to just sit there and, and take it and not respond and say something that could potentially hurt you or be mean or whatever you know I mean that's a hard thing to just sit there and kind of take which she did and she also even in the follow up tribal council when this was being discussed I almost felt like she was being goaded a little bit when one of the tribe members mentioned that she was being called annoying in Mm -hmm. front of the other tribe and they, they really seemed to like emphasize that word and again she was able to take that in stride and not get defensive especially in front of the other tribe it might have been a good idea for her at that moment to become defensive so they could see what she was dealing with as opposed to just kind of accepting it and well that's how you know they might be perceiving me so she really did keep it i think too calm she probably should have reacted a little bit more and tried to get away from people thinking that about her and flip the script if she could
1: yeah Okay. So uh the fifth rule talks about the social game and reminds players they need to pretend to be nice, as well as saying to keep your politics and controversial beliefs to yourself. Mm. Cowboy certainly had his fair share of controversial beliefs, starting with
2: Yes. (laughs) The
1: one I alluded to regarding my friend here. Yes. He's really lost his buff, hasn't he? (laughs)
2: Uh, it happens
1: it's not going to work okay Um, so yes uh, my my friend here is going to do the rest of the podcast so he's just (laughs) going to uh, and he says this episode cowboy decided they should always bring the immunity idol with them even to reward challenges because the ocean god of fertility came to them in the form of the immunity idol of course when Penner tried to explain that it would look like they were rubbing it in the face of the other tribe, Cowboy just got pissy and said, "To hell with it! Have it your way!" and then stormed off.
2: I don't think I could do a whole podcast with Baby Yoda, but <laughs> we can try. <laughs> I like how Baby Yoda bounces too when he's when yes. he's talking. It's good, well, you know. It. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly that, um, there were some issues there with his decisions regarding Baby Yoda and some other things that he was presenting to his tribe. And unfortunately was being told and reminded that certain things he was saying shouldn't be said. It can be misconstrued. It can be misunderstood, misrepresented, all of these things. And he was just kind of like, no, why not? So, you know, like this this is, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do. And, and, really was rubbing people, I think, the wrong way, and, and unfortunately, he wasn't seeing it like that at all.
1: Right, yeah, you're of course talking about that he immediately started making Asian jokes that he mm-hmm. thought were fine, but his tribe mates, not so much. Right. Um, you know, he was telling stories, and now he eventually did manage to get back in the good graces on his original tribe, but it, it didn't last long. By the third episode, Brad said, the guy just does not shut up. And he also said, I don't think he's all there. You know, so Mm -hmm. throughout Mm -hmm. Cowboy's episodes, pretty much everybody who encountered him had similar thoughts. Um, as, As one more example, Penner said Cowboy had been rubbing some people the wrong way and was pissing people off on the early show, which aired the morning after this episode. Uh, Cowboy said he tried to pull back a little here and there, but he just couldn't. If he saw something wrong, he had to say so. If he had a dream, he had to follow it.
2: Yeah. And if he had a path on someone else's island, he had to follow that, too. To and yes. storm into their camp <laughs> and, and ask for food. <laughs>
1: and then just talk and talk. That's what I meant. Everybody who uh, encountered him said he wouldn't yeah, shut up because no. he just kept talking and talking and talking, even when he was in their camp.
2: Yeah, you know. it was definitely an awkward scene to watch. And I, I found it fascinating that everyone was so willing to just kind of sit there and kind of tolerate it. I mean, it's
1: boring <laughs> yeah. out there. It's kind of like free TV, you know.
2: No, oh, that's true. That is true. It would definitely be free TV. But Although there there was a while,
1: they wanted to change the channel.
2: Yeah, but there was some very strong words said about him from his tribe mates, which you touched upon, where I think it was a it was a hard thing for people to listen to, but nobody ever really expressed it. To his face, in that way, they they reminded him politely, like you probably shouldn't do that or probably shouldn't say those mm-hmm. things. But then, when they were, you know, in their confessionals, it was a little more aggressive about uh, the problems they had with Cowboy.
1: Well, that's because of wait, uh, there it is. Nope nope, 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 yes, there we go.
2: <laughs> that one yeah, exactly to the cameras.
1: You know, that's yes. one of the things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah. Um, now, as for Christina, she had different issues with this rule, but. They were problems nonetheless. Uh, she might have been a very nice person in real life. And apparently she's a great mm-hmm. wonder woman. And, you know, she told me when I interviewed her that she was simply trying to take the initiative, but it was looked at as being bossy. Again, I reference back to the fact that they had just voted out someone who was seen that way. So she should have been more sensitive to how people were perceiving these things but she told me that she had no idea what her tribe mates thought of her before Adam spoke up at tribal council. She Mm. thought something was going on because they were being rude to her, but she was surprised because they had talked about how they were all, you know, family and friends.
2: Yeah. And I do think that that might have been part of her separation from them where, I mean, they were they were playing that family role and that we're all we're all a tribe and everything is kumbaya. But really, she wasn't included in that, but they were maybe trying to make her feel like she was. And it was working because she clearly didn't seem to recognize that she was on the outs until it was basically too late. So Mm -hmm. I do think that she might have struggled with with this rule in a bit because i i feel like she did come across i don't even know if i want to say like heavy-handed right at the start but i mean she told him right away she was a police officer and started delving into things that she had dealt with particular situations and sometimes that in and of itself could be seen as a as a concern because right. if she's a police officer, sometimes people have issues with playing with police officers on the show. And then also and just, lawyers and lawyers. I know, I know. So it's one of those situations where, again, if she hadn't, if she had been more familiar with how survivor worked, maybe she wouldn't have gone down that path so soon because I do think that that also caused people to kind of get their backs up a little bit because, well, well, her profession requires that she interview people that she, you know, that she do Mm -hmm. certain things that might allow her to be better at this game than someone who doesn't. And so I think that perhaps she should have kept that to herself as well.
1: Yeah. Now, when she was on the early show with Cowboy, um, and she did not get nearly as much airtime on the early show as Cowboy did. Um, shocking. Uh, uh, she said, once you're on the island and survivor mode kicks in, you realize you have to eat and make a fire. You know, you have to do something and take the initiative. So, again, she said it wasn't being bossy. It was about taking that first step and doing things. Uh, she similarly told me that she wasn't appreciated for what she did. Uh, quote. I really worked my butt off. I cooked. I helped around camp. I went to go get wood and water. I wasn't just sitting there waiting for others to do it for me. That's part of growing up and being a part of a team or a family, as they called it. Mm -hmm. I just felt I really worked hard and took the initiative. And by taking the initiative, they looked at it as being bossy. Their interpretation and my interpretation are totally different. And we talked about something similar a few weeks ago when Hunter was voted out. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, some people can lead by example, but clearly her tribe mates felt that rather than just working, she was also telling them what to do.
2: Right. And we've talked about perception being reality. And if Mm -hmm. they are perceiving her as being bossy, it doesn't matter what she thinks her intentions are, because that's what's going to rule the roost is how they perceive it. And she did appear to be giving directives about certain things. Bring me this. I want you to do that. Do that. Mm -hmm. And while in her mind it might be, well, I'm just trying to make things happen and get things done. Some people can read that the wrong way and feel like you're barking orders. And especially since she was someone who didn't like JP doing that. And, and she saw that in JP, but then didn't see that in herself. And so it is, it's interesting that, she was able to recognize it in someone else, but not recognize it in herself.
1: Yeah, I wish I just thought of this now. And then support, unfortunately, in the other room, like, you know, 25 feet that way. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I wish I had remembered to bring the mouse pad that you uh, gave to me at one point that says <laughs> it says uh, I'm not bossy. I just know how things should be done or words right. to that effect. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would be a perfect gift for Christina.
2: Yeah, I mean and I I think that that was unfortunately Kind of what she fell into. I mean, she, mm-hmm. she is in a profession where she has to be more on top of things and she has to be more forceful and a little more, you know, aggressive in, in how she deals with situations. And I think she brought that into the island. And I think that the fact that they knew she was a police officer mm-hmm. added to their perception of her as being that way. And it just was all kind of a whirlwind of a, a mess that it didn't necessarily need to be. But you know, like I said before, sometimes you got to check some things at the door and not allow certain parts of your personality shine through. And she just wasn't, I think, familiar enough with how right. the game needed to be played.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, moving on. The sixth rule warns against being too much of a threat. Uh, Cowboy didn't fall into the usual category of being a threat, but Penner did tell Ewell, "I think he's a genuine threat." Uh, so I've now said threat like three times in thirty <laughs> seconds. Four now. Um, <laughs> It's not clear exactly what kind of threat he was talking about, uh, though. He later made the comment I mentioned earlier about cowboy being a wild card. So I think what he was saying was cowboys unpredictability made mm. him threatening, you know, it's hard to be on an alliance with someone when they might turn around and want to vote you out, which actually is exactly what was happening here.
2: Yes. And I think that's exactly what Penner was talking about in this regard. Penner was someone who was very aware of what was happening and was very good at reading the room and people. And I think that Penner was looking at the problems that could potentially come with Cowboy and Flicka. And, Penner didn't want to play the game with that. Penner was trying very hard to not be in an alliance with those two because there was such an un predictability mm-hmm. with what they were going to do and I and that can definitely become problematic as the game moves forward and you're thinking about a merge, is he going to flip, is he going to turn against me, is he going to turn against someone else that I'm aligned with and clearly he was willing to do that because we saw his voodoo plan so I do think that that was exactly what made him a threat to Penner and the people that were playing the game with Penner.
1: Yeah, now as for Christina, I don't think she was a threat at all so I don't think it played into the vote against her.
2: No, probably not. She was a physical beast for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think this early in yeah. the game, I don't think that that had anything to do with it.
1: Right. All right. So we move to appendix a, cause we already talked about the seventh rule way up at the first. Um, and appendix a is about the rest of the tribe, keeping their end goals in mind when voting and says to vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. Uh, in This part of the tribal game, players should be voting out the week with one eye towards the impending merge. When it came to Cowboy, having a supposed ally who might do just about anything was not someone you want to take to the merge. Mm -hmm. After all, Yule was in a pretty comfortable position with Becky, Penner and Candace. Why would he want to ruin that? Right. I mean, what was he going to do? Replace Becky, Penner and Candace with Cowboy, Ozzy
0: and Flicka? Not a chance.
2: Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with that sentiment. I think that, I think that this was just a circumstance where Yule was looking at his options and realizing what was best. And I do think that Yule did a really great job in convincing Cowboy that the plan that Cowboy had laid out was solid and that's what they were going to do. And I think that that was good considering. We don't always know what Cowboy's going to do. Right. We talked about him. I mean, he's a wild card. Right. So right. if you kind of set him off, then that's certainly not going to bode well for anyone. So I think it was great that the way they maintained kind of the calm and that this is what everyone's doing. And every time it came up, everyone was like, yep, yep, that's what we're doing. Three on C, three on J, three on C, three on J. And everyone was in full support of it. hmm. Until they got to tribal council, obviously. And then we we saw what really happened. So I think they did a great job controlling Cowboy up until they got to tribal council.
1: I mean, they didn't have to control him much because he was just out on the raft with Flicka. Uh, (laughs) So (laughs) there wasn't much to control. You know, it was. Oh, yeah. We'll do it. Oh, you only have to lie one time and you're done, you know.
2: I know, but at least they didn't try to get him to think something like Yule could have said, You do realize that I'm working with Penner and Candace. (laughs) And that probably would have been a bad approach. Instead, Yule was like, Oh, that's a great idea. But Mm Yule realized it was a great idea. Also, that he had the idol, but it was like he had all of the cards at that point. You all had the the plan. He had the idol. He knew what the numbers were going to be, and he was helping maintain Cowboy.
1: Yeah. Now, for Christina, when Adam voted for her, he said the tribe is stronger without her, which indicates that they were looking at her as being weak, not in a physical sense, because like you said, you know, she was a beast, but in terms of morale. After all, she had been called out in the previous tribal council and was the obvious choice to go this time. It seemed like a good idea for the other players to allow that to continue. Just kind of follow the path rather than trying to shift the vote and possibly cause a backlash and further split the tribe.
2: Yes. And also, if we're thinking about an impending merge, if you have someone who's on the outs, oh, Yeah. The, you've the probability, <laughs> yes, and you've done it in front of the other tribe, yeah. so everyone's going to know she's a free agent potentially. Which I'm still fascinated that they did not kidnap her. Yes, after let's that go tribal to that. council, we should we should that. talk about that
1: because uh, and, you know normally we'll just talk about how they vote, but in this case we do have to discuss how they just made this decision because I thought it was just pretty dumb for them not to pick Christina as their kidnapped right. person. Mm-hmm. They sat through all the discussion. It was clear that she was the target and looking, looking back, even at my recap, I was just as surprised at the time and also figured then that I would have kidnapped Christina just to throw a wrench in their plans. Right. It, it, you know, you would have created the first live tribal council.
2: Yes. It would have been amazing. I um, really think they yeah. got hung up on this idea that reward was going to be played with whoever they kidnapped. And so suddenly they were like, oh, we got to get one of the strong individuals over here so we can win reward instead of thinking we can really screw up their plans right now by kidnapping Christina. And who cares about the reward? Because now they're going to have to vote out one of their own that they didn't want to sacrifice tonight.
1: Right. And Christina had the same read you did. She because uh, I asked her about it and she disagreed with my read because I said, did you try to signal the other tribe? And she said, no, she figured they would want someone bigger like Nate who would mm. weaken the tribe. So even she, well, I mean, it's not surprising that she was thinking that way. That was part of the kind of part of the reason she was voted out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a number of them were thinking that way instead of thinking about, Hey, if you cause them to turn on themselves, it is going to weaken morale even more. Yes. Especially mm-hmm. when Christina goes back. Yeah. They, they, this tribe just didn't understand it's worse to cause that situation. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking there.
2: And what's terrible is as I'm watching it again, mm-hmm. I know that she's getting voted out, but there was this moment where I was like, <gasps> Looking will her and they're like no wait I already know that didn't yeah. happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know that they don't but there was this moment there was a very short brief moment where I got excited mm-hmm. and then no they didn't so yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Uh, so it's about time to wrap things up what are your final thoughts about Cowboy and Christina
2: well I would like to just throw this in here before I talk about Christina oh, okay. and Cowboy to wrap this up because i we we need to, we need to recognize this i think that there was a premonition in in the first episode that jeff Probst jeff Probst was thrown out there for everybody to be mindful of and he said at the first challenge if you can't make a fire with that you deserve to go home and the prize that they were all getting was a, a Kindling uh, mm-hmm. everything you needed to like make a fine and kerosene was in there. Right. And then I remembered, Oh, this is the season where the fire making challenge occurred and they couldn't even make a fire with matches. Do you remember that? I just
1: yeah, vague memory of that.
2: So I just want to throw that out there that I was like, I heard Jeff Pope say that, and I was like, oh, wait, this is that. This is that season where they literally. Well, that's probably why
1: they left him saying that in there.
2: I know, so that's what cracked me up because this is what's so fun on the rewatch is -hmm. that you can appreciate these things because you know what's going to happen, and so when I heard him say that, I was like, oh, wait a second, and I appreciated that much more. So thank you, Jeff Pope's, for that. But anyway, so wrapping up, I think that Cowboy and Christina were somewhat similar in how they approached the game and the the problems that they both really had. And I think that the problems stem from their inability to really fit with the group that they were in. They struggled differently because Cowboy, I mean, he literally said, I don't care what people think. So he was living his best life on that island, doing everything that he wanted to do. Or Whereas, some other island. That's true. <laughs> that's He actually did. Stealing food or whatever he was doing. Whereas Christina never really had an opportunity, I think, to be who she was on that island because she struggled so much with fitting in. So it was interesting to see them kind of both voted out at the same time for similar reasons. But. For different reasons at the same time you know cowboy was really in your face with what he thought and what he wanted and his dreams and 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 how life should be lived and and all of this really kind of out there stuff whereas christina was trying very hard or christine was trying very hard to be even keeled down to earth like let's just let's get food let's make a fire and so they were really playing different games but still struggling the same they weren't connecting with the people that they were in their tribe with. And I think that that's really what it boiled down to for both of them. And it just goes to show how significant the social game is on Survivor and that you need to be willing to check yourself and and leave certain components of yourself at the door because you need these people to like you. And Cowboy didn't care if they liked him Christine wanted them to like her, but they were both missing that component of this game. And so I do think that it was interesting to watch them both be voted out in the same episode and compare their games and see such similarities, but similarities in kind of a, a different fashion. So yeah. I think that that's really what caused them both to struggle the most was just their inability to connect with those people that they were playing this game with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right that they both had similar problems and um, you know, you're right that those problems were their social game, but I I'm going to disagree with you on the, the specific parts of what was missing um, in Cowboys day after video. He said his strategy was to go moment to moment and enjoy the experience as much as possible. He he wanted to be nice and kind to everyone and show that this kind of strategy could work in survivor. Similarly, we already discussed how Christina wanted to play with honesty and morals and integrity. The problem with both, of course, is that that kind of strategy really doesn't work in Survivor. Despite Cowboy using the word strategy to describe what he was doing, I wouldn't actually use that term. We saw some brief glim- glimpses of it, but they were buried among the more prominent side of Cowboy, the boisterous and hard-headed side of him that liked to tell Asian jokes and go on about spiritual idols and never stop talking. All of that was enough to make many of his tribe mates annoyed with him. But they weren't nearly as annoyed with him as Christina's were with her. Uh, they voted out one bossy player, and then she almost immediately took his spot, at least in their eyes. But their eyes are all that matter when it comes to such things, And which goes back to the need to be flexible. Mm. While the annoyance factor was a major one for Christina, what really got Cowboy's tribe lined up against him was his er- erratic strategic behavior. As Yule said, he was too unpredictable or a wild card, as Penner said. It's too difficult to be aligned with someone like that. Worse still was that he wanted to target Penner and Candace, who were Ewell's allies. And he told Ewell about it without seemingly any awareness of what was going on in the tribe. Then after he thought his plan was going into action, he laid out in the afternoon sun while the rest of the tribe completely flipped against him because they were strategizing and he was not. Mm -hmm. It appeared to us that Christina was voted out for being annoying. But people have been annoying and survived before. Christina was missing the key strategic element of scheming and plotting because she had other things in mind. If she had formed better strategic relationships with her tribe mates, perhaps they wouldn't have found her behavior so problematic. Similarly, Cowboy could be abrasive, but that's not why he was voted out. He was a rogue element within the tribe, and the others who wanted to play strategically had to get rid of him before he caused all sorts of chaos. Both Cowboy and Christina were among the ranks of so many players before and after them who wanted to win with morals and integrity. They either failed to understand that Survivor is a game, not real life, or they simply cared more about real life. That led them to make a number of incorrect decisions about both their behavior and their strategy. And that is why Cowboy and Christina lost.
2: Look at you. Very thorough.
1: (laughs) So... All right. Well, before we look ahead to the next episode we'll be discussing, just let me remind everyone that the rules we just discussed are available in both poster form mm-hmm. and t shirt form. Yes. Uh, for the shirt, go to RobhasWebsite.com or robhazapodcast.com. Click on the merch link and sort to see newer items first. For the poster, go to tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster two.
2: You should definitely order it. And you should also uh follow us both on twitter i'm just going to throw that in there now because i never sure, know when i'm it. supposed to say it so i'm just yeah, going to do go that ahead. now so okay. i am at jessica lewis woo, at jessica lewis 89 ah, and yes. he is at david bloomberg and you should follow us both to get both sides of the story and you should definitely follow david because he does like to post a lot of selfies of himself So uh, sure out there
1: okay yeah mm-hmm. right
2: yeah uh-huh. So I'm yeah, at Jessica 89, and he's at David Bloomberg.
1: <laughs> uh, we might as well, since we're talking about Twitter, uh, figure out the hashtag. Uh, I don't know if you have one.
2: Mm. Oh, what was the? <laughs> There's so many quotes. Go...
1: There's yes, so many I...
2: quotes. The bad wind. <laughs> There's so many things no, that, no, that Cowboy no. said.
1: Yes. I was just going to go with at, at Tangaroa it's okay. the uh, whatever god a tangaroa
2: spell that. spell that
1: a-t-a-n-g-a-r-o-a a tangaroa
2: there we go perfect okay. everyone will nail that and i hashtag. guarantee
1: that yeah i guarantee that there won't have any overlap with anything else on twitter
2: mm, mm-hmm. i'm sure it won't so
1: and of course there's the hashtag for this podcast overall yx lost um in addition to twitter uh, of course, you can reach us on the RHAP patron Facebook group. Uh, and I want to encourage everyone to check out that the patron program at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. Once you join, uh, in addition to the Facebook groups, you'll see that Rob does a ton of patron call-in shows a month, plus a weekly show with his wife, Nicole. On Friday, he did a seven hour Patron yes. call in show. Mm-hmm. Seven hours.
2: Mm-hmm. The guy's that is, dedicated.
1: That is insane. That's yeah. like almost a full work day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so, and he did it with like one coffee break and, you know, one other break. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know where to begin there. But seven hours he spent talking to the patrons. So that
2: just shows the dedication that he has to what he does. And so that just gives you one more reason why if you are debating whether or not you should become a patron, just look at that. He's willing to do a seven hour patron call in show. And that truly is the just the it just shows you how much he loves what he does and how much he appreciates patrons so right. if any if you have any doubt in your mind right there you know that you should definitely join
1: yeah so again go to rob has slash patron and once you get to the facebook groups make sure to say hello you also say hi yeah also make sure you subscribe to all the rhap survivor podcasts at rob has a slash survivor or just on your phone on your favorite podcatcher uh, we're also on the reality tv rehab pups feed so you know do both uh, and in those places, you can find great content right now, of course, in the survivor, uh, area, you'll get, you know, we're going along this journey through time with, of course, the wiggle room and the RHAP B And then during normal survivor time, you also get everything else, the know-it-alls, this week in survivor, the interviews, you name it. Uh, as a matter of fact, Rob just did a deep dive interview with Yule. Mm-hmm. And uh, in in honor of Yule and Jonathan Penner, I am once again wearing my Winners at War uh, against ALS shirt, nice. um, which, uh, um, you know, I ordered when it first came out. And then after the results, Tony was like, hey, anybody who buys it now, all three of the finalists will sign it. And I'm like, ah! (laughs) <laughs> I, how do i send my shirt back so i can get that
2: right right you know um, yeah that's what but, you get for being on the ball
1: i guess you know mm-hmm. but I wanted to support a good cause there uh so yeah i think uh i think that about covers I think, it
2: are we good that I was crazy I think we're good. So listen, we want to do some thank yous as well. Obviously, thank you to Scott St. Pierre for all of the editing that he does on both the audio and video of this podcast. So thank you for all of the incredible work. And thank you to Will from America for the song that is included on the audio version. So we appreciate it very much. It's a great little catchy tune. Unfortunately, you won't see that on the video, but you can hear it on the audio. So you can flip back and forth if you want. So thank you to both of them for all of the incredible work they do. And thank you to Baby Yoda for joining us today in our podcast. (laughs) And thank you, David, for bringing Baby Yoda. Uh, I'm okay with it, I guess. You can bring your little immunity idol Baby Yoda with you next time if you want, if it makes you feel better. (laughs) Clearly, he helps you with your podcast uh, because he has some great ideas. So thank you, David, for that. (laughs) I appreciate it. Well, and
1: thank you, Jessica, for another great week. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week for another blast from the past. Bye. Bye.
0: If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank Lost. And this is my Blank Loss baby, this is why Loss With the Lucky Lands slot, you can get lucky just about anywhere.